Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 21. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold bought the other five. Brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Thank you, James. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into God's word this morning. And so I'm going to pray that God illuminates and speaks his word to our hearts. Otherwise, what I do this morning is just going to be a bunch of lip flapping and making noise. And so we want to pray that God's Holy Spirit quickens his word to our hearts and sheds light on it this morning. So Father, we pray thanks for your word. We pray thanks... Uh, that you have spoken to us through your word and that you continue to speak and, and, and uh, make true and reveal your word to our hearts and our minds through your Holy Spirit. And so I pray this morning uh, that uh, we would be um, in a place of having open hearts, open ears, open minds to what you want to speak to us this morning. I pray that we would be uh, drawn to your word by your Holy Spirit and that your Holy Spirit would shed light on your word this morning. Uh, that uh, my humble human words as I seek to unpack it this morning would be given a greater life by your Holy Spirit and that they would be transforming to us. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. So this morning we start a new series we're calling Faithful. Faithful, and it's about being devoted stewards of God's of gifts from God. And so that word "faithful" comes from uh, the last verse, and I know I cut it off halfway through uh, the the parable. But the reason was because the the title of this series comes from that last verse that James read this morning, where Jesus says uh, the master replied to the servant that had um, put the money to work and, and doubled the money. The master replied, "Well done, good and faithful." servant. And so that's where the title of our series comes from this morning as we go over it for the next few weeks, Good and Faithful Servant. And so the question we're asking throughout this series is, what does it mean to be faithful stewards of the resources God has given us? I'm just going to read that question again just to, just to let it sink in. What does it mean to be faithful stewards of the resources God has given us? So that's the question we're exploring throughout this short series over the next few weeks. And, and when I say resources, what we're thinking about is everything God has given us. Our, our time and energy, 
is a resource God has given us. Our money and possessions are a resource God has given us. Our our own gifts and abilities, both natural and supernatural, both uh, physical and spiritual, are resources that God has given us. And so in all those things and in all the other things that you might be thinking of now about resources, what we're going to be looking at is what does it mean to be faithful stewards of these things? The place that, the default place, the place that we usually start as, as we think about this, is to think about, well, how much of what I have do I have to give to be considered faithful? How much of what I have do I have to give to be considered faithful? Do I have to give 5% of my time and energy, 5% of my money, 5% um, of my gifts and abilities to God, and, and then I'm faithful? Or is it 10% or is it 20% or is it 50% or is it 100%? The, the place we usually begin, the, the, the human thing to ask is, well, how much do I have to give to be considered faithful? And so this morning I want to suggest that That's the normal question to ask and think about. That's the normal thoughts for us to have, but it's entirely the wrong place to start. Thinking about how much do I have to give is the wrong place to start when we're thinking about what does it look like to be faithful. And so I want to suggest that the right place to start is with this truth, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This comes from Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, that says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And so the right place to start thinking about what it looks like to be faithful is to start by embracing this truth, start by letting this truth sink in as foundational to our understanding. All that exists belongs to the Lord. Everything in the earth belongs to the Lord, including me, including ourselves. The, the world is God's and all who live in it. Everything belongs to God, including me and all that I have and all that I am belongs to the Lord. This is the, the place to begin in our thinking about what it looks like to be faithful. And, and this is the truth. If you take nothing else away from this morning, this is what I want us to embrace, this truth. The whole big idea of this morning is this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And if we want to be truly faithful servants, faithful stewards of what God's given us, then this is where we begin. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And James, one of the leaders of the early church, affirms this truth in the New Testament. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above. That's everything we have has been given to us by God, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So everything that you are and have is from God. It belongs to Him. And so this is our foundational understanding, that everything I am and everything I have comes from and belongs to God. My wallet and its contents belongs to God. My home belongs to God. My bank account and the balance in it belongs to God. And some of us might think, well, he can have my mortgage account, he can have my home loan account, but everything we have belongs to God. Our time and energy belongs to God. Our gifts and our abilities belong to God. My body and all the things it can do belongs to God. 
The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and it all belongs to him because it was all made by him. If we read on and add verse 2 to Psalm 24, verse 1, it reads like this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. This is kind of ancient Hebrew metaphor for the creation of the earth is, is building it upon the seas. The seas were this kind of big, unknown, chaotic place in the mindset of the ancient Hebrew people. And, and so this idea that in this place of chaos, God created all that exists. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it because he made it. God made everything. And so our ownership, sorry, God's ownership of everything is connected to his creation of everything. And this is the foundational truth of Scripture. This is the fundamental theological concept of Scripture upon which everything else is built, is that God created everything that exists. It's the first line of Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, within the church, within Christianity, there's differences of opinion about the mechanics of that. And was there a big bang or wasn't there a big bang? Was it seven days or was it seven ages or was it just a metaphor about process? And so I'm not going to talk about that this morning. But the foundational truth of Scripture is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There wasn't a thing that existed that God showed up to. There was nothing that existed but God and he created everything. This is the first line of scripture and the foundational truth of all theology, all understanding about God and about us and about the universe. And this shapes not just our understanding of the universe, it shapes our understanding of what it means to be faithful stewards of what God has given us. We're stewarding the very things that he created. And this truth is reinforced throughout Scripture and especially in the New Testament. It says in John 1.3 uh, where it's revealed to us that God created everything and it was through Jesus who's described as the Word that existed before time that was with God and is God. And it says through Him in John chapter 1 verse 3, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Colossians, Christy read from Colossians chapter 3, uh, an earlier part of it, but in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 it says, For in Him, that is Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. All things have been created through Him and for him. This is the foundational truth of Scripture. And it's the foundational truth of our understanding of what it means to be faithful. He owns it. It belongs to him because it was all made by him. Uh, when, a, when a company manufactures a car... Um, unless they don't want anyone to know about that car, which isn't many, many companies. But when a company manufactures a car, what they do is they put their badge upon it. 
They might sell a Volkswagen, but it's always got the stamp of being a Volkswagen on it. They might sell a Holden, but it will always have the stamp of being a Holden. They might sell a Ferrari, and it will always have the Ferrari badge on it. So Abraham might own his Ferrari. Speaking, you know, you can claim that in Jesus' name if that's your theology this morning, Abraham. But it'll always have the badge of being a Ferrari on it. It always will be something that was made by Ferrari. But if we, if we are true to the biblical idea of creation and, and all things belonging to God this morning, then imagine if that Ferrari wasn't something you bought from Ferrari, but something they entrusted to you, for you to use for their purposes. It's created by Ferrari. It has the badge of being a Ferrari and it will always belong to Ferrari, but it's given to you to use. Something extremely valuable offered to you free of charge so that you can steward it for their purposes. So that's the idea, that's the biblical idea of creation. That's the biblical idea of all things belonging to God is that it's His, He created it, He gives it to us to steward, but it will always be His because He made it. And so being faithful stewards is such a deeper question than do I need to give 10% or is it more or is it less? In fact, it goes even deeper than that. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that is Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. The word for world there in the original Greek is cosmos, which is a word that means uh, literally things that are ordered, but it is, means the universe. It means everything and everything within it. The universe and all who dwell within it. And so this isn't just a narrow God loved the world or God loved a particular group of people. This is God loved the cosmos. God loved the universe so deeply that he gave the thing that was most valuable to him, his one and only son, so that it would be redeemed. We know from Paul's writing in Romans that, that not just humanity is looking forward to the redemption that was purchased through Jesus, but we're told that all of creation is groaning, waiting for this redemption. We're told in the book of Revelation that, that Jesus is going to come and not just restore humanity, but he's going to make all things new. And so this everything that God owns isn't something like a Volkswagen or a Ferrari or, or a Holden that he made and then just gives away and then ceases to really care about it for much longer. This is something that he remains deeply interested in and deeply invested in. Everything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including me, but it not just belongs to God, it was created by God. But it was not just created by God, it was something for which he gave his one and only son for. We begin our understanding of what it means to be faithful stewards in this place. Of understanding who owns it, who created it, and how important it is to him.
being a faithful steward is such a deeper question than asking, well, how much do I have to give away? Faithful stewardship of what God has given us is central, in fact, to the purpose for which he created us. We were created to be faithful stewards. If we go back to that creation story in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, we're we're told about, we've just had the story of the, the, the big macro creation, the creation of the universe and everything in it, and then the story zeroes down to a particular place in Eden, a garden that God creates. We're told in verse 8 and 9, of chapter 2. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man, and, and the story goes on, once, once he's created woman, the woman is placed there with him. He's put his first people in the garden. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow off, out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's a whole other story, what happens with that. But the point is this morning that I want us to focus on is that God created everything and then he created this garden and filled it with blessing and provision. And in that garden he put Adam and Eve, the first people created. He put them in a place filled with things pleasing to the eye, filled with food to eat. He put them in the place of blessing and provision. He gave all of this to those that he created. And then I'm going to jump across to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And and we're told of Adam and Eve's purpose in the garden. It says, the Lord God took the man, and as I said later, we know the woman, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Humanity was placed in a position of provision, of blessing, but they weren't placed in that place just to consume it or to abuse it or use it. They were placed in that garden of blessing and provision to work it and take care of it. Humanity's created purpose is to be stewards of the very blessing and provision, to be carers of the blessing and provision that God has given us, that God has placed us within. Faithful stewardship of what God has given us is central to our created purpose. This is, this is not just a followers of Jesus thing, it's the very purpose of humanity is to be those that work and take care of God's creation. In Genesis chapter 1, God speaks to to Adam and he says, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful. And he he talks about taking mastery over creation. And and that's a kind of mastery thing, but it's also a care thing. The, The biblical concept of being Lord or master isn't one of using and abusing, but stewarding and caring for. And so central to our created purpose is this idea of being faithful stewards of God's creation. And so Jesus, in in what we commonly call the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, that James read for us this morning, tells a story of faithful stewardship.
The story begins with this verse, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, it will be like, and, and the context of this passage is, is Jesus talking about the end times, and he's talking about, we don't know when this is all going to end. We don't know that at an individual level. We don't know when our own lives are going to end. But we also don't know the hour or the day, Jesus says, when he'll return. And so the it that Jesus is talking about here is this, this period between his coming, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension to heaven. The, the period of time that we live in between that and the end of this age. That's the it that Jesus is talking about. And he says again, it will be like a man going on a journey. Jesus is that man who's gone on a journey. He's ascended to heaven. He's no longer physically, bodily present with us. And so this age is like a man going on a journey who called his servants, that's you and I, he called his servants in and he entrusted them with his wealth. And so Jesus says that's what this age is like. That this is an age where Jesus' servants have been entrusted with his kingdom wealth. This is a, like many things through Jesus, this is a renewing of our purpose to be stewards. Not just of creation now, but of the very wealth of God's kingdom on earth. So this age is an age which we are restored to our purpose of being entrusted with God's wealth, with being entrusted with God's resources to steward. But as we know, the, the, the story of faithful stewardship goes on, that, that these things were given and entrusted to the servants, but, but they were not to use it for their own personal gain. It wasn't about using it uh, to go and you know enrich themselves, they were entrusted this wealth to use for their master's purposes. And so that's who we are. We, we are entrusted with God's wealth, entrusted with his riches. He's entrusted us with money and possessions. He's trusted us with time and energy. He's trusted us with gifts and abilities. He's entrusted us with everything that we are and have but it's not been entrusted to us to use for our own selfish purposes. It's been entrusted to us to use for our master's purposes. Because everything that we have and are belongs to him because he made it. And so as the parable goes on and, and, and each, each servant gets given uh, a different amount of money, but everybody gets something. Everyone gets some resources. We might think, well, I don't have a lot of resources to use for God's kingdom and so, so I need to hold on to it. But everybody gets something. You might not think much has been entrusted to you, but, but in this parable, as is true of life, everybody is entrusted with something. And so the danger is that we'd be like the, the one servant who only had one bag of gold, which seems like a lot to me, only had one talent, if we use the original language, uh, only had one talent, but the danger is that we'd be like him and get worried about just using and losing or wasting what God has entrusted to us. See, so the danger of thinking that there's scarcity 
that, that there's a limit to God's resources over our own life is that we just don't use it at all. And so the rebuke in this passage that we uh, finished short of this morning, which I'm going to jump to, is in verse 24, and this is not on the screen. It says, Then the man who had received the one talent came, Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And so this servant felt like he didn't have a much. He didn't understand the, the, the true character of the master. And so instead of using what he had for the kingdom, he hid it. And his hope was just to come back at the end of the day and, and say, look, I haven't lost anything. I started with a little bit and here's the little bit back. But Jesus' response, sorry, the master's response in this story that Jesus is telling is, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. That's a question implying that that's not necessarily the true character of the master, but a belief that this servant had. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have at least received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has been given more, and he will receive... Sorry, and everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where they will be, they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so the truth is, if we just try and hide away the resources God has given us to use for his purposes, that's ultimately what leads to losing it. That's ultimately what leads to wasting the resources that God has provided. Not using it, not putting it to work, but trying to just hide it and preserve it. But where, where I want to lead us to this morning is not, not that place of, of being unfaithful, but the place of being faithful. See, one of the servants, in fact, two of the servants, but we'll focus on the one who was given five talents or five bags of gold, what they did was they immediately went out and put the money to work. They immediately went off and invested, worked the money for the, the master's purposes. And so the one who had five received five more. The one who had two received two more. And, and so when it came to the master taking accounts, they could say, here is what I have done with what you've entrusted to me. I've invested it and it's multiplied. And, and so the words of the master in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 are this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And so what I want us to focus on here is not just that affirmation from the master in the story, who's the character representing Jesus. Not just the affirmation of well done, good and faithful servant, though we should all long to hear those words from Jesus at the end of our days. But is that I will put you in charge of many things, come and share your master's happiness. See, the, the tendency, if we think about 
the question we started with, that default understanding that we, we seek in terms of what does it mean to be faithful, if we start in the place of how much do I have to give, what we're really saying is how much can I keep for myself? And so the tendency is, is to, in our humanness, in our flesh, is to be reluctant in how much we give, to be, to be hesitant in all, how much do I have to give away how much can I keep for myself, for my own purposes? The tendency to think is that if it's 10% we have to give, then I've got 90% to enjoy. If it's 50% I have to give, then I've got 50% to enjoy. How much can we use for God's purposes? Which really means how much can I use for myself? How much can I use to make me happy? And so the thing I want us to catch here in this verse is that the Master says, if we use everything we are and have for his purpose these are the words we'll hear i will put you in charge of many things come and share in your master's happiness come and share in your master's happiness the pathway for us to live abundantly to live in happiness in fullness of joy to steal from uh, kids church this morning to live fully alive is to not ask the question, how much do I have to give? How much can I keep? But to start with that fundamental understanding that everything I am and everything I have belongs to God and is to be used by me for His purpose. That is the the place, that is the attitude that leads to being faithful, that is the attitude that leads to living in abundance and true happiness there is blessing for the faithful and so in the weeks to come we're we're going to narrow the focus down into three categories we're going to think about more practically what does it mean to be faithful with our money and possessions if that statement is true the earth is the lord's and everything in it then 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 if my money and possessions are the lord's and all of everything in it then what does it mean to be faithful with that? We're going to be talking about our time and our energy or our, our physical capacities. And so we're going to ask the question, well, what does it practically mean to be faithful with our time and energy? And we're going to think about our gifts and abilities in a practical sense. What does it mean to be faithful with the gifts and abilities God has given me that belong to Him, that are created by Him? But, but this morning I want us to take away this truth. In order to be faithful, it's not how much do I have to give, but this truth. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I want to make it more personal. This is what I want you to take away home this morning. This is the truth that I want our minds to be renewed from. My life, your life, is the Lord's and everything in it. Let me pray and then we're going to worship. Thank you, Father, that through Jesus you have made everything that is. That nothing that we see and nothing even in the invisible 
exists apart from you. We thank you that you've created a place of provision and you've created a place of blessing for each of us. Though we live in a fallen world awaiting redemption, that truth remains that you've placed us in a place of provision and blessing. And so, Father, I pray that our minds, our hearts, the very fiber of our being would be renewed with this truth, that my life, that our lives belong to you and everything within them. May we be transformed by that truth this morning and as we go forth from this place, may we be transformed with the truth that faithfulness is not a matter of how much, but of everything, of everything belonging to you and to be used for your purpose. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love for you to become a part of the Ask Baptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.